This podcast is based on the feature series Unanswered. The full articles are available on the uccexpress.ie. Picture this, listener. The endless, comforting green of 1980s Ireland. In that green, there are small and tight-knit towns that seem oh so friendly. On the 44 bus, there is a young college student. She will never be seen again. Not to this day. Annie McCarrick, whether she knew it or not, was the beginning of the vanishing triangle. The vanishing triangle still remains a cloudy mystery that hangs over Ireland to this day. The definition of the triangle acknowledges the disappearances of six women between the early and late 1990s. Although theories and investigations surrounding the triangle ignore other unsolved disappearances, the recovery of unrelated female bodies at the time, this podcast will explore beyond the surface and remember those almost forgotten women. Originally from Long Island, New York in America, Annie's accent and enthusiasm for Ireland stuck out to the locals. And what stuck out to Annie most about Ireland was the people the air and the quietness. Her new home in Sandy Mountain, Dublin, was a contrast to her fast New York life, filled with cars and strangers. The friendly Irish seemed to click with her easygoing, trusting nature, a nature which concerned her parents. On the day of her disappearance, Annie had the day off work. She decided to spend her day preparing to host a dinner party for friends. This involved a trip around town buying groceries for a meal. The last images of McCarrick in the flesh come from a security camera in the bank she dropped into. The grainy footage shows Annie behaving like her usual self, socialising with the staff and smiling. The next sighting of Annie comes from memory. At around 3.30 in the afternoon, a friend saw Annie on the 44 bus to Inishkerry. The commotion on the bus only allowed her friend a brief glance at Annie. The bus driver that day does not remember the American boarding the bus, but this can be put down to the sea of passengers. The driver sees every shift. The following sighting that occurred is the most unreliable. As does a bus driver, a bouncer sees a large amount of people coming and going each day. According to a bouncer, Annie arrived at Johnny Fox's pub in Glen Cullen and attempted to walk past him. He stopped her, telling her she had to pay to get in. Annie seemed surprised, but in response she smiled and apologised. The man behind her stepped in front of her, telling the bouncer, I'll get that, and paid for them both. Annie thanked the man, and the pair faded into the busy pub. That night, when guests arrived for Annie's much-anticipated dinner party, 
they received no answer at the door. Only when it became clear that Annie had not returned home, collected her paycheck or visited her work with her usual homemade desserts, did alarm bells start to ring. Annie was reported missing to Angarda Shiakana. The trail of the investigation started in Annie's flat, where her shopping was left inside the door. The unrefrigerated produce had gone off. This was out of character for Annie, a responsible and social young person. Now let's explore the theories. Here's a quote from Garda Assistant Commissioner Martin Donnelling. If people went missing in the US, you would not be surprised, but not on the island of saints and scholars. It took more than seven days for an appeal to be issued to the public asking for information. That was the first use of the iconic photo of Annie McCarrick, labelling her as missing. The McCarrick family did not have trust in the Irish Gardaí from the start. The first two weeks of the investigation had not brought their daughter anywhere close to being in their arms again. The Gardaí's efforts brought the bouncer at Johnny Fox's pub forward with information. This alleged sighting of Annie is now strongly believed to have not been Annie at all, but an American tourist. Similar sightings thought to be Annie also came into the mix, further confusing the timeline of the investigation. Every morning throughout the two-month period, the McCarrick family resided in Ireland looking for their beloved Annie. They left their B&B to visit the surrounding areas and search. Their own investigation revealed a more reliable local source. A shop assistant reportedly remembered a young woman with a distinctive American accent buying postage stamps. Whether Annie McCarrick had taken the bus to go walking in solitude in the fresh air, or whether she was enjoying a local gig at a local pub, still remains a mystery and pales in comparison to the personal information the Gardaí seized from one of Annie's friends. For a while, the lead focus of the investigation had been on a man Annie had worked with and had possible romantic connections with. According to some local gossip, Annie had shared with her friend that she had had a brief meeting with the man in question on the previous Saturday to her disappearance. She admitted that she had gone too far with him and just wanted to forget about the situation. Annie's mystery man was interviewed, and his alibi was proven false. The excuse for his gross lie was that he was covering for himself. He was terrified that his girlfriend would find out about his affair with Annie. Strangely enough, or maybe not so much, the Gardaí never revisited this character and his possible role in Annie's disappearance. Annie's family went home to America, at a loss. Several years later, in 2009, a connection was made with the original bouncer sighting. New information came to light on the man who had paid for the entry of Annie McCarrick to Johnny Fox's pub. The suspect was identified as a hitman for the West Belfast Brigade for the Irish Republic 
army or IRA. Any second mystery man was on the run for murder. On the date in question, it is believed he had been staying with some friends in a safe house near the pub. Retired Detective Sergeant Alan Bailey recalls the informant who had brought the information forward as being a very reliable source. According to the source, the hitman was attracted to Annie. A mixture of drink and Annie's fascination with all things Ireland are perceived to have made the perfect situation for the suspect to spill all of his and the IRA's deepest, darkest secrets to the young woman. Annie was now unknowingly packed full of lethal information. Whether she was disgusted or if the man had gone too far and mentioned his fellow members by name is unknown. He copped on to the potential consequences awaiting him by burdening Annie with this information. It had been suggested that he offered her a lift or scared her into his Ford Sierra. This man was cunning, though. According to the source, he made sure to go to the bathroom while Annie made her way into the parking lot, giving no chance for witnesses to spot them leaving together. What he did next, I will keep within the words of Sergeant Bailey. He drove her up to the mountains where he killed her and concealed her body behind some bushes. When the hitman returned to his safe house, he told his friends a warped version of what had happened. With Annie cast in the role of a Northern Irish spy, he and his friends worked together to move the deceased Annie somewhere she could never be found, to the Dublin or Wicklow Mountains, and they were successful. The villainous IRA man reportedly returned to the North shortly after. He was once again exiled from the IRA when allegations of sexual assault were made against him by a teenage daughter of a powerful Republican. He was relocated permanently to America, of all places, and survived on work at a pub given to him by a sympathiser. The, Mac the McCarrick family firmly believes in the theory that it was Larry Murphy, an Irish convicted sexual criminal. Who was the last person to see their daughter? The dots connect with Murphy and connect to the other women in the triangle. Murphy was jailed for 15 years in 2000 after being caught in the act of abducting and attempting to murder a Carlo businesswoman. The woman's life was miraculously spared thanks to two men passing by and finding Murphy trying to suffocate his victim with a plastic bag. Her fate, much like Annie's suggested fate, would have been a burial in the Wicklow Mountains. It is generally believed that the Carlow woman attack was not his first time committing such a terrible act. Due to his remarks made while he was being questioned on the Carlow woman's injuries, well, she's alive, isn't she? And saying such remarks as, she was lucky. His remorse is non-existent. By coincidence or by device, the vanishing triangle came to a halt once Larry Murphy was thrown behind bars. Larry Murphy, like our IRA suspect, was believed to have been residing outside of Ireland after his release in 2010, after just serving 10 years of his sentence.
The McCarrick family still have hope in their hearts that someday Annie will be brought back to them. Every now and then they set foot onto the cold, damp ground of Ireland, knowing that their daughter is somewhere out there in the thousands of miles of green. They meet with investigators to get updated on any process and meet with journalists trying to make sure Annie is not forgotten. In every statement the McCarricks give to the press, they make one thing clear. Annie is not a legend. She is a person. A person who is deeply loved and missed. John McCarrick, Annie's dad, unfortunately passed away from issues resulting from the stress he endured while searching and waiting for his daughter. Discussing his daughter, he told the Independent, Would I want to know what happened? Back then? Yes. But but now? I'm not sure. Nancy McCarrick, Annie's mother, is still alive and driven to find her daughter. She said the opposite when speaking to the Irish son. She stated, I'm pretty sure I'll never see her again. My greatest wish would be to be able to take her home. To find out what really happened would be a gift at this point. It really would. It is important to remember Annie as an individual and as still missing. She is also a signifier to Ireland's entry into the modern world, reminding the Green Isle that it is not isolated and it cannot make its own morals and rulings. And maybe it's fair to say that Ireland's lack of reaction and the slow movement of the investigation was a foreshadowing welcome mat for what was to come. <laughs>